Welcome to the Wedding Obsessed Podcast designed to help you plan your dream day. I'm your host, Adriana, and each week I'm joined by the wedding industry's top professionals, celebs, influencers, and friends who share tips, trends, advice, and mistakes they've made so you don't have to. This is the Prenup Podcast. If you've been putting off writing your vows, you're going to want to strap in and listen up. Tanya Pushkin, aka The Vow Whisperer, is on today's episode, and she's divulging what takes vows from generic and plain to personal, unique, special, memorable. Don't you want to see your fiance crying ugly tears at the altar? Of course you do. Follow Tanya's advice and it's pretty much a guarantee. I know you're going to find this episode as valuable as I did and it's really going to give you the kick in the ass to start writing those vows. And so I am very pleased to present Tanya Pushkin, aka The Vow Whisperer. Tanya, I'm very happy to have you here today for many reasons, but why I'm most excited is because we're going to be discussing something that gets overlooked very often. And it's not just the important thing. It is the thing when it comes to wedding. And of course, I'm talking about ceremonies, but more specifically, wedding vows. And who better to talk about wedding vows with than the vow whisperer herself? Thank you. That's so sweet. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Very happy to have you. So I actually was thinking about you last week because I did a podcast with the wedding stylist, Joy Proctor, who is renowned. She's like one of the top stylists in the world for anyone who doesn't know. She does some of the most elite high-end weddings. And I asked her, Joy, how can people elevate their wedding ceremony? What can they do to kind of make it really special? And her answer really surprised me because I thought she was going to say something like, you know, have floating candles from every orifice and something, you know, really (laughs) (laughs) elaborate. And instead she said, you know, lean into the romance. I think so many people now forget about Mm -hmm. the aspect of romance and they forget why we're here because two people fell in love. And it, it made me think of you right away. So do you think in an attempt for planning a perfect wedding, quote unquote, perfect, people are really losing sight of the romance of the ceremony and the reason that we're at the wedding? Very much so. And I love what you're saying because you get it. You get it and not everybody does. Um, I think couples get so lost in exactly what you were saying. It's this myth of perfection. Yeah. It's everything has to be Instagrammable perfect. And anything less is is a failure. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting as I did an Instagram story maybe six months, five months ago about my son's wedding in LA and how nothing was perfect. And in the end, it was the most beautiful wedding I'd ever seen because they were not seeking perfection. And what a difference it makes. And I I am able, when I work with my couples, I am, I mean, they come to me because, not because they're not seeking perfection, but they know the importance of the ceremony. If they come to me and they, say, you know, the ceremonies, eh, you know, we just want to get it over with. They're not going to work well with me because it is the most important part. It's not only the most important part, it's the start of the celebration, the next six, seven hours, whatever it is. But even more than that, it's the start of your wedding, of your marriage, sorry. Yes. It's the beginning of your marriage. It is why we're all there. Yes. It Exactly. Let's go back to the raw, basic fact. You fell in love. Look where you are right now. 
and let's make these next 30 minutes the most magical, memorable moment of the entire day, because it is. Absolutely. And what you said about your son's wedding kind of got me thinking, what if instead of trying to create this picture perfect day, we looked at our weddings, not as a reflection of like this picture perfect Instagram or social media, but as a reflection of our marriage and the way we want to live our life and be surrounded by the people that are important to us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Let's yes. And you know, I mean, the people who drive, most couples drive them, drive themselves insane. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They do. They do. It's really unfortunate. So my goal today for our listeners is to give them some really great tangible tips to take with them in writing their vows and creating just a very special, personal, memorable ceremony. But before we do that, I just want to get into a segment that we call our cocktail hour. And that's just for any of our listeners to get to know you if they don't know you already. So I like to start it this way. If you were at a cocktail hour, Tanya, and someone said, what do you do for work? How would you explain to them what and who the Val Whisperer is? Wow, that's a loaded question. (laughs) This is you're asking me for my elevator speech. (laughs) So... My my new way of introducing me, it took, it took me a while to get to this. I'm a creator or producer of epic wedding ceremonies. Mm. That's a really vague way to describe what I do because, yeah, I am. I, I did a podcast the other day with a wedding planner and she said, you're not a wedding planner, but you're a ceremony planner. I said, yes, I yes. always talk about myself as a ceremony planner. Absolutely. So yeah. Love it. So when did you kind of realize the need for this kind of service? What was the impetus for starting the Vow Whisperer? It's interesting because when I started this, I had no competition, which is three and a half years ago. And I now, there, there are quite a few people out there, but no one is doing my method. How did I get involved in this? I, I came from the corporate world. Originally, I was an actress. I had an amazing 10-year career, which I'll talk about how that plays into what I do now. Yes. Then I joined the corporate world. I ran um, public relations and corporate philanthropy for fashion and beauty brands. And then I got remarried myself four years ago. Congratulations. And Thank you. And we had no idea what we were doing. I wasn't mm-hmm. in the wedding world. I was so far removed from this. And we both said, hey, let's write our own vows. But we didn't do anything that I now do with my couples, nothing at all. In fact, it was not what I would recommend, but it turned out amazing. (laughs) Um, And then I I wrote the ceremony, which my daughter, my daughter officiated. And yeah, it was really sweet. That's really special. And it was at the wedding that it was covered by the New York Times. It was one of those featured, uh, like every week they do one big vow story. Yes. And so we were the story and the writer came to the wedding along with a New York Times photographer. And afterwards she came up to me and she said, look, I know, you know, you're a big shot in the corporate world, whatever, but there is something out here for you. It's in the wedding world. Think about this amazing ceremony that you just put on you need to do something in the wedding world. And so it was a week later, I had lunch with one of the guests Uh and I was just going back and forth. Like, what about if I quit my big glamorous corporate job 
and I don't know, help couples with their vows. And he was the one who said, oh, you're the vow whisperer. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. And that's how it started. And I came home and like, I don't know, a couple of days later, I got the URL. And then I had drinks with this editor-in-chief of a big women's magazine, because I used to be in that world with PR. And she said, sure. get your Instagram handle now. I said, Instagram? I just post pictures of the pasta I made last night. What do you mean? <laughs> so honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I started this without a plan, without a strategy, just a crazy idea. And yeah, that's how it started. And when I say I have competition now, it's not exactly in the method that I do, but there are a lot of people out there helping people with vows. That, and, you yeah. know, it's, it's, I laugh at myself because I say this almost every episode and I like to interview wedding planners and people who kind of do the same thing I do because I do believe that rising tides raise all ships, but I think that the difference is you and the personal touch that you put on. You said, you know, you didn't really follow your method when you were doing your vows, but that's the common factor that you kind of have this special gift that people can align with and that, that makes all the difference. So I want to highlight some of those things today. So we'll get into the main event right, uh, right now. So the first question I have for you, what's one of the biggest mistakes you see couples make either when beginning to write their vows or beginning to meet with you? I don't know if they're making big mistakes, to okay. be honest. Okay. I think, I think when they're meeting with me, they don't know what to expect, even though I explain the process over and over again sometimes. They still question, well, wait, I'm, I'm not quite following, but we figure it out very quickly. I don't think they're making mistakes. I think when they come to me, they're rectifying the mistake of <laughs> not thinking about the ceremony or the vows. But when sure. they've come to me, they're ready to do this. Yeah. They are. So I'm not quite sure. I'm not answering your question properly. No, that that's okay. That's a good answer to the question because, you know, you're dealing with people who are, are ser like taking it serious. Yes. And I guess those people, they're already a step ahead, ahead because right. a lot of people don't really realize. They'll say, oh, we'll just kind of do a general canned vows because it's either easier or maybe they are a little fearful of being vulnerable. Do you ever notice that in, in couples? Oh, okay. that's huge. Yeah. And, okay. So there are a couple of things. One is the fear of public speaking. Sure. That's massive. It's, it's scary. Be believe it or not, the fear of public speaking comes before the fear of drowning or the fear of being in a fire. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Why are we so scared of public speaking? I wonder what the science is behind that. That's... I don't know. I've never been scared of it. I mean, I was an actor, so I'm fine. Sure. You know, I'm fine doing this, but a lot of people are petrified. But when they are and they tell me that, and I see sometimes the fear cannot be conquered. Sure. We, I get through, I get people a lot less nervous, ready, confident. We work through their fears all the time. But if, if it's paralyzing, I will suggest to the couple or the person, sometimes I don't work with both people, sometimes just one. Okay. I'll, su I'll suggest, well, why don't you do your vows at the first look or write a letter to each other instead? You don't have to do this publicly. 
It's interesting that you say that because I think there's all different types of fears of public speaking, but you know, you mentioned earlier when you started the vow whisper, you kind of had to get an Instagram and I kind of was the same way with the prenup. I was like, I don't, I don't do this. I don't, I'm not someone who really posts their, their life. I don't know where to get started. Right. And I was so afraid of people I know seeing what I was saying. I, the strangers, I didn't care. But then once my friends and family started seeing it, I was so self-conscious. Mm. So I wonder if there's something about, you know, being vulnerable with like the people you care about more. I, I don't know. Just an interesting thought. You know, you, I mean, you're basically, I hate to say that, use this word, but you're naked up there. You know, you're, yeah. you are pouring your raw emotion out to this person who's about to become your spouse. Yeah. And that can be intimidating. It can be really scary. It can be all kinds of, some people are totally fine with it, ready to do it. And other people, we have to work through it. But yes, you're exposing your vulnerability. But I think it's also, it's to friends, it's to family, it's to strangers. It's, it's the whole the whole kit and caboodle, you're, could you know, be you're vulnerable. Yes, it could Absolutely. be Absolutely. So when you start to work with either a person or a couple, what are the first steps in kind of peeling back those layers or just getting started? Do you have, I know you have a very specific method, but what would you say is maybe the first step in that method? Well, if what's important to know is that I work separately with people. I don't work with a couple together because the vows really should be a surprise. Yeah, I agree. So I, you know, make them promised me truly not to discuss. And each person is different from the other. You know, sometimes one needs a lot more help than the other. Sometimes only one will hire me and not the other because they feel really good at what they're doing. Sure. But um, something that, okay, I start with a questionnaire. And that questionnaire, I ask people to sit with for about a month. That's if we have the time, and hopefully we do. They've started early enough in the process. That questionnaire, the reason why they sit with it for a month is because I'm asking questions that are very provocative, very reflective. You're bringing up all of your years together of moments, of stories, of experiences, of obstacles you've overcome as a couple, of you know, when did you know for sure he or she was the one? All these questions that really require time and self-reflection. And you can't just answer them all in one fell swoop because you're going to keep coming back to it. It's a working document. You're going to keep coming back and changing your answers, editing, deleting, adding, whatever it is, until you feel you've really answered everything. Yeah. Then I, then I get the questioner back. And that's step one. And then we go into the rest of the process. Um, it's important to know that when, so when I say I have competition, I have competition of, of vow writers. And I, it's important to know that I'm not the vow writer. I take your words from that questionnaire, your answers, and I craft your vows out of what you've written. Right. So it is you speaking. It's not me. I am not inside your body, your mind, your heart. I'm using your words. And even if somebody cannot string a sentence together and they're not a good writer, it doesn't matter. I, we figure it out and I edit and I suggest, and it's a collaboration. It's not a one-way thing where 
I'm interviewing you or you're giving me answers to a questionnaire and then boof, I turn around a set of vowels two weeks later and say bye-bye. It's a, it's a collaboration that goes Absolutely. over time. Sometimes we don't have a lot of time. Sometimes people are coming to me at the very last minute, and that's okay. There's always a way around it. Um, But that is, yeah, that's how we get started. And I will back to your question of how do I get people to open up, for example. Something I found early on, which is really amazing, is I find that men can be more expressive than women. And you would never know that. And I've, maybe they're not so tough. And <laughs> well, you know what? I've thought a lot about this and trying to figure out why. And I think it's this. We women, we yak and chat and gab. We tell each other everything. We open up. Sure we, you know, we're an open book, most of us, right? <laughs> yes. Men, they don't have the same relationships. I look mm-hmm. at my husband. I'm always saying, God, go make some friends. You know, it's just... <laughs> Get off my case. Go, go find someone else to hang with. <laughs> but, you know, so they don't have the same closeness, or some of them do, of course. Sure. But the majority of them have a harder time really getting emotionally deep with another man. Yeah, yeah. Here I am, and the faucet gets opened. Here they're given the opportunity to just say and write everything that they're thinking and they're feeling. And I'm an outlet. That questionnaire is an outlet for all of this stuff. And sometimes I'm just blown away by what they write. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And, you know, part of working with you, it's it's layered because you immediately, like we've only spoken over FaceTime and, and now, but you do have an energy that allows people to be comfortable. Like you can tell that you're genuine and it's, it's easy to speak with someone candidly. Like I could probably tell you my whole life story right now and feel no qualms about it. And you know, my deepest, darkest secrets would probably be safe with you. Like that's what you give. Thank you for saying that. And, and I'll tell you that in all of my reviews, that's the one constant comment is thank you for being so calm thank you for taking care of us and I hear from wedding planners when I'm officiating a wedding it's thank you for taking such good care of them and it's something that just I don't work at it it's something that comes just comes to me yeah I I don't know if it's a motherly instinct I don't know what it is but I establish a really sincere, very genuine relationship with every single person, unless we really don't vibe together, you know, and that happens. It's it's not always perfect. That happens. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, it's a very intimate process working on the vows. Very Uh, intimate. Absolutely. And you know, something you said even about maybe competition who would just write something, it goes for either, let's say you're writing your own vows or someone's writing them for you. You could write the most beautiful, perfect, lovely thing in the world, but if it's lacking that emotion and that genuine nature and, you know, that memorable, loving, heartfelt truth, then it's not going to translate well. And it kind of goes back to what Joy said to me and what you and I were talking about. You know, it sets the tone for the entire 
wedding and your entire marriage. So having a service like yours that can really compile the emotions in a concrete way instead of, you know, just saying what maybe you think you should say, like, you right. know, I'll always be there for you and, right. and I'll right. do this or that. Well, what, what are you promising not only today, but for the rest of your life? Like, can you wake up every morning and read your vows and commit to those? Exactly. Exactly. And what I do do that differentiates my service is the, the second part of the vow process is performance coaching. It's what mm -hmm. I call performance coaching. Yes. And that is to quote you, you can write the most beautiful vows in the world, but if you can't deliver them with expression, with animation, with liveliness, it's just going to, it's going to fall completely flat. So we work on, we work on Zoom and I coach people and this is back to my acting Yes, life. I'm sure that I'm, is so I'm, helpful in this. I'm teaching acting skills. Yeah, yeah. How to enunciate, how to project your voice, the body language, all of that is from my past life. And the performance coaching, I would say, is just as important as what you write. Absolutely. That's something that I was actually going to ask you also, because, you know, again, you could write the most beautiful thing, but if you can't recite it, then it's, it's really no good. So right. do you have anything, maybe one tip or something that you think is really important that you could tell people that would be helpful when you're up there? I know there's so many things and it's so layered, but do you have something that's like a favorite that you could share? There's something that I actually have never spoken about this before, but it happens every single time I officiate. And if I don't officiate, I'm, I'm not watching their vows. You know, yeah. I'll get a video later. But I know when I officiate and I'm watching my couples do their vows, and even throughout the whole ceremony, they go into a zone, a surreal zone during that ceremony. They are somewhere else. Every once in a while, a couple will be so incredibly present and really in the moment, but that's rare. I know I wasn't in the moment. Sure. At my, I, I mean, I was in the moment, but I wasn't really. I'm. It's a weird zone. Yeah. And so my biggest tip of standing up there saying your vows is be as present as you can. Li really listen and hear the other person's vows, what they're saying to you. Of course, you can read them again later, but... Just try to be as, as present as you can be. The other thing I always tell my couples, it's okay if you cry. Very often it's, oh my God, I'm so scared I'm going to cry. It's like, no, it's okay. Yeah. So? Yeah. So? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The only tip I have is if you really cry, don't, don't try to talk through that. Yeah. Just pause, take a moment, gather yourself, yourself, and then continue. Yes. A good wedding planner might have, you know, a water bottle nearby yes. to yes. have you drink a little something because that always helps. But yes, yeah, yeah. Being present is something I think that's a surprising answer, but it's a really good one because mm. I was expecting you to say something about maybe enunciating or, or timing or pacing. But all that stuff, of course, is important, but it comes back to the why are we here? Mm hmm. So I want to segue into, because you brought up officiating, you are also 
and efficient, which is a big differentiator of your service as well. Yes. Yes. So talk to me a little about that. Is that, you know, the most enjoyable part of the process or is it just, you know, kind of part of the whole thing that makes it really special? It's part of the whole thing. It's not as if, oh, I love officiating more than working on vows or more than I I coach a lot of family and friends to officiate. I do all of I mean, all of it is important. What I will say, though, if I've worked on the vows and I'm marrying that couple, when I show up at your wedding, I'm not I'm not a stranger. I'm part of your family. I'm a friend. I'm also your therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> unpaid therapist. <laughs> unpaid, unpaid therapist. It's, there's something beautiful about being able to do all of it. Yeah. I, and, and that couple is, it, you know, I'm part of the family photographs at that point. Yeah, it's that's that's the way it should be, though. So I have done, you know, a lot of religious ceremonies Mm. and some of them I I will not put a blanket statement on it. Some of them have been so beautiful and wonderful and personal. And Mm. I have noticed that a lot of others maybe don't take that time to really get personal because it's more about like the religious aspect of it Mm -hmm. than the matrimonial. Um, which is, you know, a little disheartening. I, I do feel like if that's something I could change about religious ceremonies, mm. I wish there was more of a fusion of both because I think they're both allowed to exist. Um, but it is disappointing when, you know, it's this maybe beautiful church ceremony and, you know, people are just kind of like, when is it going to be over? Right. You right. know, when it, right. that's, that's the thing, like, that's why we're there. And when people hire maybe non-religious an officiant because they have a good reputation, they did, you know, your cousin's friend's wedding, but you don't know them and you don't have that personal right. relationship with them. It's the same right. thing we talked about with the vows. You can, you can, you know, speak wonderfully, be a great order, but you don't know these people. So how can you expect to really create that fusion and, and tell a story? Right. Do you feel exactly. like you're a storyteller? when you're through this whole process. Yes. It's all about storytelling. Yeah. You know, it's storytelling as an officiant. It's storytelling if you're saying your vows. Mm -hmm. It's all storytelling. Absolutely. So something interesting about religion versus uh, civil, I guess, right? Yeah. So I'm, I, today, this afternoon, I'm, I'm speaking with the bride's parents because I had a zoom call with both of them yesterday She's Catholic. He's Jewish. Okay. Her parents are insisting on a priest. His parents are insisting on a rabbi. Tanya, can you help? And I said to them, yeah, this is like a no brainer. You don't do either priest or rabbi. You do someone, an officiant, it doesn't have to be me, a neutral person who incorporates both religions, both cultures, both rituals, all of that into one beautiful 30 minutes. You acknowledge both religions in different ways. You don't have to have clergy. The priest and the rabbi, sure, they could do it together. And I've co-officiated with a priest and with a rabbi because, you know, there was the need to have religion in in the ceremony. But I think um, when it's only religious, I've, and I've been to weddings when it's only religious. I, it's missing a, a, it's missing a big piece for I me agree too. With you. Yeah, 
I agree with you. And yeah. you know, this is coming from some, I am, uh, I wouldn't say I'm the most religious person in the world. So maybe I'm not the best person to speak on it, but I will say if religion is very important to you as a couple, yes, of course, like that's going to be a huge piece of it. But if it's not, and maybe, you know, you're getting pressure from mom and dad, it's, it's so hard to tell people what to do or how to think. But as a parent, I would think maybe set aside your expectations and what you think will be best for your kids and really think about what they know will be best for them as a couple and a family moving forward. And if it's a respect thing and you really want to appease them, like I've had so many couples get married non-denominational and then they have their wedding blessed after that that's a nice I think you know mm -hmm. meeting of the minds because that special moment you get to have for the two of you the way right. that you had plans and then maybe you know you could please mom or dad if, if that's your choice by having it blessed so you're right I I do think that there's a missing aspect and I believe it's because you're just regurgitating things in that ceremony you're not right. there's no right. personality in it unfortunately i know i know yeah it's uh and i do i do suggest that to a lot of couples you know either do a little church wedding before or yeah. go to the you know whatever it is that but i'm finding in this day and age couples are really standing up for themselves they're no longer they don't want to do mommy and daddy's wedding Right. They don't want to do the same that they are strong people. They're as strong as individuals and as a couple more than ever. And many don't follow their parents' beliefs or values or whatever it is. And they've created their own and they sure. want to have a ceremony that reflects who they are. Absolutely. So it, it it's tricky. I think a lot of that goes into also, you know, in the past it was the standard that either the bride's family or the family's paid for the wedding. And now people are waiting a little bit longer to get married and maybe they don't need their parents help as much. Maybe right. they're not contributing. We're paying for the wedding. And in that instance, it's like, mom, dad, I love you. I respect you, but this is our event and we're going to do it the way we want to. So this right. is, it's, it's tricky because, you know, if you are going to accept money from someone for anything, but you know, in this instance, a wedding, no matter how much they love you, no matter how much they want the best for you, there's always going to be a string attached when you're accepting money. And I don't think people have bad intentions when they offer it. I don't think even if people are being controlling that they're trying to be, but they kind of get this thing in their head, well, I'm paying for it. Like it's the least they can do is to right. have it blessed or have these certain guests invited. So it's something to think about for couples. You know, if if you can do it and you want to do it the way you want to do it. Right. Maybe. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Tanya, we we touched on storytelling as an aspect of you know, just planning the ceremony, your vows and officiating everything and amalgamation. I love to ask wedding professionals. It's, it's one of my favorite questions to ask because I always find that they have a great story to tell. Um, do you have a favorite 
anecdote or funny story from the wedding industry, whether, you know, it's through the vow whisperer or maybe, you know, as a guest in the past. A funny story. Hmm. Yeah. Or an interesting, you know, silly. I'm sure you have a lot of them, but is there anything that kind of stands out in your mind? Okay. This is a shocking story. Okay. Ready for a shocker? <laughs> I am so excited. When you said a shocking story, like a chill went down my spine. Okay. <laughs> so I almost married a couple, but the groom was a no-show. Like a no day show. of no-show? Like runaway bride? Like three, hour, three hours before no-show. Oh, no. And he did it twice. So... I got to the venue, I had driven five hours to get there, and I got a text from the wedding planners, I'm pulling into the parking lot, and she said, "He's the groom's not showing up, he panicked, and I, I remember just, it, I wish they had texted me earlier when I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little heads up would have been nice. Wait, that, did he tell the bride? That he wasn't he coming or he just didn't show up? No, he he texted her three hours before. He texted her? Yeah, he said he's not. he was not coming. Send and this man to jail. That, this right? So I remember, I, so I pulled in the parking lot and then I went down to this gorgeous place where everything was set up for, and the guests had all been, nobody was there. It was just the wedding planner, the photographer, and me, and the bride. And I said, what are you going to do? And she said, we're a team. I'm not leaving him. We are a team. He just panicked. Okay. Cut to, okay, this story's not over. Cut to, a month later, he writes, the groom writes to me, apologizing, profuse. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. As he should. We are going to get married. Would you marry us? In, I don't know, it was like a few months away, in a totally different state, actually, different venue, different planner, different everything. I say, yeah, sure, of course. And, you know, things happen, of course. And then um, it was my husband. I don't know. He One day he said to me, he said, I don't have a good feeling about this. And it was another destination wedding for me to go to. I do, I travel a lot to officiate. And sure. so this was another, you know, at least another five, six hour hours away. And so I very graciously backed out I, with the wedding planner and the couple. I said, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, think it's best. The second wedding day, okay, we're a few months later in the most gorgeous venue. The wedding planner posts a photograph of the venue and the caption is, I've never had this happen to me before, but yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't show he... up. did not show up the second time. I have the urge to be violent right now. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. the hell? Oh my gosh. Is this man like a con artist? Do we know? You know what? Yeah, I do know a lot about him and he's a very powerful finance guy. And yeah, I, you know, look, I mean... You can be whatever you can be in in your professional world, but you might be a total disaster mess as a 
in your personal life, you know, yeah. who, who knows, you know, and they were a lovely couple and one of those couples that I really got to know very well. So it was sad. It was really sad. I ran into the second wedding planner at an event a few months ago and I said, so whatever happened to, you know, she said, yeah. I think they're still together. They're still together. <laughs> So at this point, you know, if I'm if I'm the bride's girlfriend and never for a moment do you blame her because she's not to blame at all. But it's like, fool me once, you know, right. the, the old adage. Right. But I'm sitting her down. I'm saying we either mm. leave him mm. or, you know, we seek some help for you because this is not a man that is treating you right. What? In, do you know how long they had been together? Before okay, so this, this story gets even better. Oh so God. I did not know this. It was my husband. And that's why he said to me, I don't have a good feeling about this. He Googled them mm-hmm. and he found that they had been married 10 years ago and gotten divorced. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is yeah. going on? I know, right? So you asked me for a story. I gave you one. Yeah, you... <laughs> It's certainly delivered. I will say that. Holy hell. Yeah. I I mean, gosh, you wish the best for everyone, but like these two belong apart. Not everyone (laughs) should be together. I know. Divorce. You never hear about things like this, right? Unless it's like love is blind. You know, love is blind. You you say no at the altar, sure. But yeah, right. I I simply cannot imagine, even if it's the day before the wedding, that is terrible. I'm sure people would say like, that's one of the worst things I've ever heard, but it's still better than, you know, just not showing up and right. never explaining. Like imagine just ghosting your fiance. It's that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's really sad. It's really I sad. Know. However, for the people who want to get married, and are, yes, are happy, let's get just, back to that. Yes. Yes. Because you know, it is, it's fun to like, you know, talk about these anecdotes as, as sad as it is, but I believe everything happens for a reason. And you know, people are, are meant to marry who they're meant to marry. I yeah. want to play a little, I want to play a little game with you, Tanya. We'll lighten okay. the mood a little bit. Okay. And the game is made specially for you. It's called I do or I don't. And it is wedding ceremony edition. So are you ready? Yes. (laughs) So I do or I don't five plus minute vows. I don't. Anything over four minutes is too long. And why is that? Okay. So there are, I will say there are exceptions. Okay. I have couples who want their vows to be the focal point of the ceremony. Sure. So then I will cut out a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. so that they can each speak for five or six, even seven minutes, I've heard. Okay. And yeah. then it's okay. As long as the entire ceremony does not go over 30 minutes, and that's including the processional and the recessional, because anything more than that, nobody, no one has the attention span to sit there. And, you know, plod through this boring, hopefully not boring ceremony. So five minutes only if you're abbreviating other stuff in the ceremony. You are speaking my language, Tanya, because you lose people. Like, yes, people, we have short attention spans, unfortunately. And, you know, even if you're saying a really fabulous set of vows, people are not going to listen for that long. Nope. (laughs) 
write a, write a letter if you have more to yep. say. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I have suggested that I've had, sometimes I have journalists or writers, authors who need my help. They can write what they write, yeah. but they can't write their own vows. It's yeah. very, it's very funny. Isn't that and interesting? It is interesting. I mean, I just married um, recently an editor in chief of a major publication and he had a lot of trouble with his vows. Really? Yeah. It so but what's interesting is I have had uh, couples where either one or both are authors and they do end up writing beautiful, beautiful words. Mm -hmm. So I have and sometimes much too much, thousands of words. So <laughs> I then have said, let's find the five hundred word sweet spot, do that publicly and the rest goes in a letter. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. What's that quote? I forget who said it, but I would have written you a short note, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. I love it. <laughs> said it but it's true. Like it takes a lot of work and talent and dedication to condense, you know, yes, the emotion in a short amount of time. So, um, okay. Next I do or I don't. Reading vows off the phone. Oh, God, no. Please, no. <laughs> Please, no, no, no. And that's no to the vows, no to the ceremony. As an officiant, I've also seen doing it off a phone or an iPad. I don't even For, like the speeches at the wedding. I, I was going to say, that's the other thing. Speeches and toasts, no, not off a phone. No, 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 no. no, no. Hey, you, give it to me. I'll write it for you. I don't care. Exactly. Have a piece of paper. <laughs> piece of paper, a vow book, yeah. index cards, anything but a phone. Anything but a phone. I agree with yep. you. Or if yep. if you really are like running short of time, like put the phone in the vow book, like make it so discreet. <laughs> you should not see the phone ever. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. I do or I don't. Winging it. Just going off the cuff. And I know your answer to this, but I can you explain to people why this is just nine times out of 10, not going to work? I mean, sometimes it does work, but no, yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. And I have had, sometimes I work with both people and one of them is just not coming through. And it's literally the night before it's, I've written something on the back of a napkin. And it's like, dude, why? Or <laughs> whatever, you know, why, why do this to yourself? Totally. No, why wing it? Put time in, make this a priority. Yes. And it does not have to, you don't have to hire me or somebody else. You can do it three days before or six weeks before whatever, but put the time in. Yes. Don't wing it. I, I have to tell you a funny story. So of all my experience and every time I tell cup, you know, couples and maids and matrons of honor and best man like focus on the speech like really practice it's a great honor it's very important so of course you know it's like do as I say not as I do so it's my best friend's wedding and we had been planning it like forever and I had a lot of other things that I felt were priorities on my plate but I did write you know a speech so we get to the reception and I realized that I don't have it so I'm like, well, Ooh. so my husband's like, where is your speech? I'm like, I'm just going to get oh. up there. And, and he's like, no. <laughs> so I like jot something down. I get up there and completely black out. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, and I'm like, gosh, I did not think I was capable of this. Like, it's, it's so essential. Like, even if 
And I'm not by any stretch, you know, a public speaking expert or a speech expert, but I know what it takes to get up and, and do a speech. I mean, I, I see it constantly and I've seen flops and I was the flop. I, I was the flop. And fortunately, I have an amazing best friend. Her husband's amazing and they love me unconditionally and I kept it short. But yeah, it was just like, where am I? What am I doing? I, I never thought it could be me, but it could be it could be anyone. You have to prepare. You have to prepare. And I think the practicing part is actually the most important. It, it It's all about practicing. Mm -hmm. Practice, practice, practice. And if you totally. haven't practiced and you're winging it and you don't really. The other thing is that, you know, when you're winging it and let's say your your spouse to be has not winged it and has mm -hmm. really prepared. And, you know, here is this beautiful rendition of their vows. And then the other person is like speaking for 30 seconds like, hey, you know, I love you. Can't wait to be your husband or your whatever it is. Winging it just doesn't work. Yeah, it feels like, oh, I, I put on all this time and effort and maybe you didn't care as much. That's mm. what it feels like, even if it's not true. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Tanya. So next one. A practical joke during vows. I do or I don't? I don't. I don't this either. Is, this is not the time. No. 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 no this is, <laughs> it's not a time. And, and for speeches also, it's not. No. No. Practical no. joke. No. Absolutely not. No. I agree. <laughs> All right. So I think I'll have my answer to the next one. Roasting the other. <laughs> no, I, don't. I don't. Again. And and for speeches too. I mean, it's so common that you hear, like, especially mm. best man speech. I actually um I saw a really funny stand-up clip a friend of mine does stand up and he was talking about you know how terrible best man speeches are especially when they wing it and then they're just kind of attacking the groom <laughs> and i asked um people on instagram you know what's the worst of speeches you've ever heard and some of the things people came in with i had one person say that the best man went on for i think like seven minutes talking about the bride and groom's weight and like all other like terrible like making oh. what he thought were jokes and someone asked him to leave and they <gasps> they never spoke again yeah wow like, oh yeah it just <sighs> there's a time and place for if if you're the kind of friends who can like you know take it and dish it to each other whatever but in front of each other's families <laughs> and loved ones and they've paid how who knows how many thousands of dollars for this like it's a toast to the couple. It's not about you and, you know, showcasing your comedy routine. Right. Exactly. You've just said it. Exactly. Okay. We're on the same page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And this one, um, I do or I don't, eloping. What do you think of that? Mm. I do. If that's what you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there are plenty of couples and I work with couples who are eloping and it's just the two of them in a desert or wherever doing their vows. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it's all, there's special. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I agree with you. I, I thought that maybe that's what I would do, but you know, then my, my husband, my fiance at the time was like, you know, you want your sister. I have a huge family. He's like, you're mm. going to want those people there getting ready with you. And that was true, but I think I still could have done it because mm -hmm. it's, the day is really about the couple. So if that's the priority, like just being the two of you, 
you can always celebrate with family later if that's what you want to do. Like, it doesn't have to be during the ceremony. And then you have a much better opportunity to say what you actually, like, really want to say to each other and make those vows special and personal and spend that time together. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm all for elopements. Why not? Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right, Tanya. And before we finish, we finish every episode with what I call an after party. So they're just four fun questions. They can or don't have to be ceremony related. Uh, but the first one is, what is your top recommended honeymoon destination? Mm-hmm. If you can find a place that's undiscovered and not trampled on by tourists and that's really special to you wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some people like to do the very traditional go where the crowds are. Yeah. I don't know. For me personally, I would want to go someplace. If I really could choose, you know, maybe Fiji or the mm-hmm. Maldives or, you know, Bali, Indonesia, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Tahiti. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. And you're going to want that relaxing time after having exactly. a wedding. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Next question. What is your dream wedding cake flavor? Hazelnut ganache. Ooh. So that's like, it's hazelnut and dark chocolate combined oh in a gosh. creamy kind of thing. With some meringue. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. Oh my gosh. Now where can I'm like we get that? Getting, where can we get that? I know. Shout out to the bakers. Can you please make this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds delicious. Okay. What song do you need to hear at a wedding? This is so corny. It's so corny. I'm <laughs> going to okay. say, I love at last. Oh, that's not I, corny. I love it last. Or maybe it is, and I'm corny too. But you know, I love so, it last. So from from my wedding four years ago, yeah. my husband's daughter is a jazz musician. She lives in wow. London. She's an incredible performer, singer. Wow. She plays a saxophone. She, she's amazing. So she surprised. I knew it was happening. But she surprised my husband by singing at last with... Um, backed up by a, a soundtrack wow. and it was so special and oh. I love that song even if it's overplayed a million why not it's just beautiful it, it nothing like at a James it is yep, just exactly like, oh gosh it's so beautiful and I personally think it never gets old that's it's a classic for a it reason. is a class yes yes that's absolutely. a great answer yeah okay and then last question for our after party if you could impart any piece of advice to a couple planning a wedding, what would you tell them? Don't seek perfection. You're driving yourself crazy. You know, be be willing to let some things just go. Just yeah. let, let them go. It's going to be a perfect day no matter what. Yes. Even when things fall apart, even if the, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. just don't seek it because... Yeah. We don't live in a perfect world. Your wedding doesn't have to be perfect. Just have it be real. Mm-hmm. Just real and and it's all about the love. It's why you came there. Let's go back to the real reason we're all there. It's for the love that you two, you know, created and, and not everything has to be perfect. No, it doesn't. No, that's awesome advice. I really love that. Tanya, you are so fabulous. 
you are able to be booked right now. You are still currently accepting oh, clients. Oh, yes. Okay, Absolutely. wonderful. So- and the thing is, oh, sorry to interrupt you. No, please. You know, it's, there's, I can, like the vow stuff, there's no season for that. That just keeps going all sure. your, because couples come to me, whether it's three months or six months or a year or whatever ahead of time. Yeah. So that keeps going. The officiating, I mean, I don't know about you. I feel like wedding season is not so, it, it, since the pandemic, I mean, I've got weddings in January and February. Sure. That never happened before, really. I you know, know. I know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very uh, bookable. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. So, where absolutely. can people find you if they want to book you for vows or officiating, both? And coaching their okay. family and friends to officiate. That's a very, very big part of my service. Oh, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge. That's really when, when the wedding planner is told, you know, my uncle Johnny is going to marry us. You as the planner, I'll speak for you, usually cringe. You go, oh no, where's this going to go? And when couples realize that that person actually needs a lot of help, mm-hmm. I take a lot of, I, they don't have to create the ceremony. I do that for them. Yeah. I take that off their shoulders because it's a huge ask. Yes. It's a big ask, uncle, whatever, would you marry us? And uncle has to go Google how to write a ceremony. What I mean, it's so I take that off their shoulders completely and I work with a couple on creating the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then I'll coach that that amateur officiant on all the logistics, how to run a ceremony like a pro, how to work with a microphone, how to work with a videographer, how to get out of the photographer's frame for the kiss, how to, you know, there are all these logistics. You know, when you say, please rise, don't forget to say, please be seated as well. That sure. can, you know, there are all of these little things. So that is a big part of my my business. Um, but you can find me on thevowwhisper.com or Instagram at thevowwhisper. Very easy. Amazing. And I will have that linked as well. Great. I so, so appreciate you doing this. I learned a lot and I know everyone else did. And if you're not following Tanya, follow her, The Vow Whisperer. Tanya, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Please like, review, rate, subscribe, follow, whatever the things are. It's really, really helpful. If you do support us, there's something in it for you too. You'll have the opportunity to win a free prenup bridal prep planner. We give one away every month. I have the directions on how to do that below, so make sure you check that out. Thank you again for listening. Happy planning. See you next Wednesday.